Dal, I owe you an apology. What for? I was angry. For a long time. At Bray, mostly. That's why I didn't try to find you. It wasn't your fault. But it was wrong of me to punish you for something I thought Bray had done. Are you still angry at him? No, but... A lot's happened since Eagle Mountain. You can't just pick up from where you left off. Why not? You and I have. Welcome to Series 3, Episode 11 of Conversation on Eagle Mountain, a podcast about the tribe. I'm your host, Lance, and joining the podcast panel today is Liz. Hello. Sabine. Hi. And though he's not feeling well, a warm welcome back to Carlin. Hello. With episode notes done by Matt and myself. So Series 3, Episode 11, the screenplay was done by David Fox. It was directed by John Reed. And the episode synopsis were read out by myself. Patsy goes undercover with the Chosen, and Amber comes up with a plan to fight back, but it requires Ebony's cooperation. Meanwhile, the Guardian and May hatch a plan of their own. Will the rebels fall into their trap? Okay, so let's jump right in. Alice and Ellie stage an argument with Patsy over her advancement through the Chosen ranks, although they worry about keeping it a secret from Chloe while Patsy herself struggles to listen to the teachings of Zoot. So yeah, panel, we have discussed the moral ambiguity of Alice and Ellie's plan for child spies, but let's look here at the actual consequences of spying itself. Um, yeah, how do you feel about their concerns about keeping both spies a secret from each other? Like, is that a good plan? And how do you feel about Patsy's own struggles here? I actually think that was a good plan not to tell Patsy, because... You know, if anything would happen to Chloe, or the other way around, if something would happen to Patsy, just because one of the others spilled the secret, you really wouldn't want to put that on those two little girls. You know, it's by not knowing, they will never have to have the guilt of being the reason something happens to the other. It's also like the first rule of spycraft, that you have to, um, you know, you, you don't let the spies know about each other. Uh, it, it just protects their own mission. It keeps them focused on their mission. It keeps them from being emotionally compromised by knowing, like recognizing perhaps a fellow spy might be in trouble. Uh, so yeah, it just, it makes sense. It is harder for the girls because they don't have, um, spy support, I suppose. Um, I, I think Chloe and Patsy might have benefited from knowing they weren't alone in this. Mm. And, um, but it does make sense that they don't know about each other. Uh, but again, these are 12 year old girls. Um, so if they had decided to let the girls know each about each other, I wouldn't have faulted them for that. And I can't fault them for choosing to keep the girls a secret from each other. Yeah, I agree. It, um, I guess it helps them break emotional attachment towards each other. So uh, it, it was a good plan not to, uh, to tell them. After Patsy's struggles, um, I thought Sarah did a good job in acting that out because you're concentrating in so hard and not buying any of this guff and having to listen to it. And you have to pay attention because you have to bring this information back. But that's harder than just tuning it out. Mm. You know, it, it's a lot easier to tune it out and play along than to actually have to absorb this stuff so that you can bring useful information back. and. It clearly is a struggle having to listen to this. I like how they shot that. 
of her listening to this reframing of a nightmare scenario that she clearly remembers. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that is not <laughs> what it was. Um, Luke, you seem like a nice guy, but you guys are just lying through your teeth, rewriting history. And um, yeah, I, I think that is what it is for, you know, Luke is telling it from his vision and he was on the side of Zoot as a loco in the early days, which was a lot less scary for him than it was for children like Patsy, who were on the opposite side back then. Mm -hmm. So it helps him in being, you know, convincing that this is the way it went down, especially to children who ha don't have the experiences that Patsy had. You know, if you have a younger child from another city or from outside the city, they will have no clue who Zoot was and what he did, whereas someone like Patsy has seen firsthand what kind of chaos there was. So yeah, I, I get why she's trying to tune it out and why she's having sort of flashbacks to what actually happened back then and how scary it was. I mean, it, it kind of supports the idea that maybe they should have allowed the two of them to know about each other so they could have emotionally support each other during this like indoctrination yeah but there's also the chance that they would have given each other away just with a look or anything i mean we know most of the chosen aren't the brightest crayons in the box but <laughs> there are some who would have definitely picked up on that i can imagine luke picking up on that and ignoring it but you know it's it's a difficult one yeah no you're, you're absolutely right it's just yeah because they're so young like they needed that support and Alice and Ellie aren't really giving them that <laughs> support through this that they actually need. So it would have been, it would have been, I understand all the risks, but I think it would have been nice if they did know about each other just to have that support in place. But yeah. you're right. <laughs> but you know, especially with what happens later, can you imagine Chloe, Chloe having to live with things that happen if there had been any chance that it might've been due to something she let slip? No, it's logical not to give tell them about each other. But yeah, when you involve your emotions, I agree. Maybe the girls would have had a better time of it if they'd had each other to lean on, especially Patsy. Chloe is good at being an independent unit, but Patsy needs mm -hmm. that support. Mm -hmm. And not to mention she was totally guilted into this and manipulated emotionally to do this and is in constant fear of her for her life. Um it would have helped to know that her best friend is doing the same thing with her uh, because I'm sure she's afraid to actually approach Chloe about her conversion since mm. she is now a spy and would be afraid to give anything away. And so it creates a distance between the girls, despite the fact that they're doing the exact same, they're on the same side. It's just sad. I guess it's tragic is what it is. If Chloe wasn't a spy, Patsy could have possibly gone to her and expressed her issues with the Chosen because she would know Chloe would understand that. But with Chloe converting to the Chosen, Patsy being a spy isn't going to want to do that because she won't know if Chloe's conversion is genuine or not. So they don't have anybody supporting them through this. Uh, I'm here. I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm, all I'm thinking is, Huh, if only Celine would have been a decent person and could have been there for those girls. Only Alice and Ellie had decided <laughs> to be spies themselves. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. That's the truth. Yeah. yeah. True, but, you know, with, more with 
you know, the way Celine was introduced in the very, very beginning with how she was with Patsy and the younger children. You know, if only they had been able to lean on her. Only they'd been able to lean on anybody. There's <laughs> actually no one. Yet. Everybody failed these girls at the end of the day. Oh, they should have just sent Casey in with them. Oh, he would have been a maverick. Absolutely. <laughs> he would have been the best spy. He would have been the best <laughs> spy. And he's the one person that we know for a fact, no matter how much trouble he gets in, he never turns coat. No. He mm-hmm. never turns coat on anybody. So no matter what kind of crap he managed to get into with the Chosen, he'd never turn on his friends and he'd get out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. But that's just the co- that's why this goes on forever because the most useful people are relegated to doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Alice has decided she cannot trust Casey. In Alice's defense, <laughs> she does have reason to be suspicious of Casey. I mean, he he was yeah. her first. Uh, remember, he was her first suspicious uh, person when Tysan blew up. Um, <laughs> Alice, Alice has forgotten that. Um, uh, you burn a bridge with Alice, and that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're swimming home because mm-hmm. she's not sending any boats for you. <laughs> you didn't say goodbye. I'm sorry, Amber. I hate goodbyes. Oh no, you don't. You can't walk away from this. Oh yeah. Who's gonna stop me? You. No, not Amber. I don't have the stomach for a fight. But Eagle does. Want to see your claws? So yeah, panel. Um, what did you think of the actual plan to starve out the Chosen? Um, and yeah, how did you feel about Amber finally having like a semi-decent confrontation finally with Ebony? <laughs> semi-decent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's not go too crazy. It was semi-decent. <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> Is Amber suggesting she has a split personality? With a no, Amber would never do that, but Eagle would. The plan, the plan to starve off. I think that's a good. It's a siege tactic. Very smart, mm-hmm. tried and true battle strategy. Too bad they never follow up on it once they've mm-hmm. got Ebony on board. Um, so it's a great plan, but unfortunately, it's just a tool to make sure that Ebony stays with the rebellion mm-hmm. because they never actually do it. Uh, they never destroy the supply chain when it comes to food. They never even bring it up again, in fact. Um, so it loses its value because it's just an excuse to make sure that Ebony doesn't leave the story. That's it. And um, that's lame, in my opinion. Very. Mm-hmm. But on its own, it's a good plan. And let's face it, coming from Amber, I, yeah. I mean, hearing Pride say, would you starve your own people? But they're not. They're not her people anymore. So she left them all behind. To pretend he was dead. So, yeah, it. I don't think she should feel bad about, you know, coming up with that. And it is a good plan. Why do they forget it? It's actually a decent plan to try and implement. <laughs> it would have made some interesting scenarios, but... <laughs> it's just an excuse so that Amber can find out that Ebony... Can bring Ebony back into the equation. Oh. Plus, you know, at the end of this episode, Amber's brain is gone for a bit. But they could still have done the plan. Like, yeah. I know it's just just to keep Ebony there, but they could have still done something with the rebels. Yeah. <laughs> they could have. I would have loved to see that, them taking over the farm, you know? It's... Yeah, I don't know why they didn't go through with that either. Hmm. I think everyone wanted to see that. Well, as, as far as I remember, we have, this doesn't get brought up again until, what, season four? When they actually talk about the... T- no, 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 no. no. Oh, go on. They, 
No, they go in about other supplies to chosen half. Mm. Just not the food. It's not the f- yeah. Because <laughs> you, you know, know they go stuff. they go for fuel. Yeah, the fuel. Them not going after the food is even weirder because they don't actually need ebony to find some of the chosen's food supplies. <laughs> They already know about the farm. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't take much spying to figure out the other places the Chosen are storing food. You don't actually need Ebony for this. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a jump in logic yeah. to assume that she's absolutely necessary for a plan you're never going to yeah. actually do. Exactly. And just think about it. Early season one, what was Bray doing? He was going through all the storages, all the places he knew where big tribes Hoarded their stash. And, well, Lex was quite capable of finding a way to communicate with Ryan on the farm, you know? He found a way to get a message into the mall. Um, So surely he could have found a way to contact someone of the prisoners to ask where else they've been sent to work. Not to mention, Season 3 Chosen are the easiest (laughs) people to spy on. Like, Season 2, they were mysterious. But Season Mm 3, come on. Just follow them. Follow them all over the place. You'll yeah, find what you clueless. need. They'll yeah. never see you. <laughs> yeah, and clearly, you know, the guidance can make clothing, so surely someone could find a, a fabric close enough to the chosen robes to just walk around and follow people in. I mean, Lex managed to get a rope. As for the semi-decent confrontation, <laughs> I... It, it's semi-decent. I mean, like you said, it's it's fine, I guess. Um, it's still not addressing the heart of the matter, mm. um, of what the actual issue is. And once again, it robs Ebony of her agency as to why she's in this story. Like, <laughs> last episode, I'm going to kill the Guardian. He's the one who needs to die. I want my power back. I want the city. I want the Chosen for myself. This episode, because the guy I secretly love is mad at me i don't care about anything screw it i'm leaving i i don't and then i'll only stay if bray says it's okay are you serious that's the reason you'll stay (laughs) yeah that was (sighs) so once again ebony just doesn't have a reason for actually being here or being involved in this fight whatsoever i don't know what ebony wants anymore not this episode i have no clue I guess she just doesn't want Bray to be mad at her anymore this episode. Yeah. I, I think that's all, all there is to it. She wants to be in Bray's good graces. Today. Today she does. <laughs> I mean, let's let's talk about that. I mean, her tears for Bray. What did you make of that? <laughs> they, they already did this. They did this and they did it well. Back in season two, her and Trudy in the cave. Mm-hmm. Okay. That is when we explored her deep feelings for Bray and the fact that she was willing to try and ruin a girl's life because she wanted him. That was done well. To find out that the conflict between she and Trudy all this time was simply because they loved the same boy. It's not hitting here with she and Amber. Her and Amber have so many better conflicts to have other than Bray. Making him Mm. the central wedge between these two diametrically opposed female characters is weak and a disservice to their characters. Mm. (sighs) Sorry, if I would have been Ebony, I would have just at that point in time done everything in my power to try and see if I could find Danny somewhere just to annoy Amber. (laughs) 
I mean, she's not giving up, <laughs> as we'll see later on in the episode, about <laughs> disrupting. <laughs> she's forever going to be the disruption between the two, as we'll see. But yeah, like um, Liz says, that's, that's such a disservice to the two characters. Oh, really is. Yeah. There's a really good confrontation between Amber and Ebony where they have no choice but to become allies in a fight despite their differences. And believe it or not, it's all the way in season five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like that was a good moment of these two enemies coming together and realizing we will be stronger together. I don't have to like you. I don't have to trust you. All I need to know is that you want the same thing I do right now. And that's to take down Mega. And what Amber says about that, when everyone asks her, can we trust her? She's like, I saw the look in her eyes and I understand, we understand each other. We want the same thing. And I was like, Mm -hmm. season five gave us that. Season five. (laughs) Of all seasons. Finally gave these two women a moment that they haven't had since season one. And I'm like, this is weak right now. I don't know. Whatever. Um, I kind of like the confrontation, although I would agree it's kind of, it doesn't address everything. But I think that's what it was supposed to be because it just kept building that tension between them. and kind of just left it there so they can revisit it whenever they can. So, yeah, I didn't mind it, but yeah, it is a dis- disservice to the characters. How many p- girls is Ebony gonna have to confess, I tried to ruin your life because I love your man? Like, how many times are you gonna play this out? <laughs> That's the story of her life. Somewhere there's a deleted um, scene of her saying the same thing to Danny. <laughs> uh, I tried to frame you for murder because I love him too. <laughs> you have him and I want him. And cries. And then Danny has to do the same thing that Trudy and Amber did and just be like, okay, I think we understand each other. (laughs) I want to see the deleted scene. It's literally the story of Ebony's life, isn't it? It (laughs) Constantly. (laughs) And it goes on and on and on. Right till season five, yeah. (laughs) Stop. Oh. If we'd gotten a season six, she would have had to do the same thing with Ruby. Yes, I tried to kill you because I love him. I love him, and I thought you were having his baby. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> Couldn't have that. Rinse repeat for Ebony. Who are these people? Some new kind of tribe? Never mind that. The less she knows about us, the better. Come on, Lex. Just because she's wearing the clothes. I've been trying to tell him I'm not with them. I only went along with it so I could get free. I've been handing out these leaflets. Look. So yeah, what do you think is going on with May here? Um, and do you think she was right to not defect to the rebels when she had the chance? May looks after number one. She will, you know, she will always choose the tribe that's in charge. At least at this point in her life. The Guardian has more to offer to her than the rebels do at this moment. Because she likes to be on the winning side. I'm just going to say Laura Wilson totally killed this. I I loved her in this episode. Mm-hmm. Like not what she's doing, but her performance. Brilliant. <laughs> she was so freaking good. I love that scene between her and the guardian and they're t- discussing their propaganda notes. And he's like, <laughs> what do you got? She's like, it's not finished. <laughs> Sorry. Comic gold. She was so good. She was so good. Um, I may has committed to, this is her chance. This is her way to survival. Even if her, reasons 
weren't the smartest, didn't make the most sense to go down this route. She's committed to it now. I think if this is the route she's going, yes, the smartest thing would be to not join the rebels. There is mm -hmm. no guarantee that they can protect her. She already gave these guys a chance. And they're mm -hmm. the reason she's in this situation, having to scrape and try to survive yet again. So I wouldn't trust them to help me either. There's <laughs> no way. I mean, at best, I might have joined them so I could run off on my own and just leave the city or something. But I mm. wouldn't mm -hmm. join them, that's for sure. Um, now she's committed. And I told you, when she chooses to be loyal, holy crap, she goes hard. Yeah. May is just going towards whatever the winning side is at the time. So, you know, that's why she's a survivor. I do like that moment when she's trying to suss out information from the rebels. And even though, like, Lex is rightfully suspicious. He knows her mm -hmm. breed. He can smell deceit all over her. <laughs> she stole his boots. <laughs> and his virtue so <laughs> he's right he's like nah 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 we don't trust you and i've you know bray's like but it's may you know like dude she's it's more and he immediately accepts that she's just doing this to survive but i did like the one moment when she's asking where they are where are you guys staying and lex just shakes his head at bray mm -hmm. and bray chooses to trust him and it's like we we can't tell you that, okay? I, I just love that moment so mm -hmm. much. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Just Bray using his brain for a second <laughs> and being like, if Lex is this suspicious of May, I I'm going to go with my gut and trust him on this. You know? Um, if Lex thinks it's suspicious, then it really must be. <laughs> well, it could be. It could be. <laughs> yeah. Lex yeah. is suspicious of everything. Everyone, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, with someone like May, she's. Well, Lex is just thinking from the point of view with a, what would he do if he was in her position? It's just a nice moment of camaraderie between these guys, their history, and Bray just taking a moment to recognize, you know what, as much as I want to believe in everybody, I, I can't. I can't mm -hmm. blindly believe in everybody. And let's just err on the side of caution. Maybe Lex is wrong, but let's just be cautious here. You know, we're on dangerous ground, and it's just just a good moment. I really like it. Yeah. It's, it's nice to see him use his brain for once. Oh, is this her? Is this Danny? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's a very quick shot of the side eye that Amber gives me. <laughs> Just a look of seriously, Bray. This yeah, one. This is what you replaced me with. That was actually quite quite well done. This actually, this, yeah, you're right. This whole scene was quite quite good. You know, it's cool because Bray actually shows May more affection than we've seen Amber show pride. So, <laughs> especially like May greets him. She's so effusive with it, you know. And so it's like mm -hmm. that's not a illogical thing for amber to think that mm -hmm. maybe there's something between these two and i just love the fact that her insecurities are showing mm -hmm. it's just, is this the girl is this danny <laughs> friends like what no <laughs> it's just it's just me it's just me <laughs> it's one of the other women <laughs> it must be hard for you to be without your man not if i know he's nearby and why would you think that? Because he broke in last night, 
and so did Bray. And I also know they got away. And how could you be so sure? Because if they hadn't, you'd be parading them in front of us. Which means they're still alive. Not for long. By the way, what were you doing outside my room last night? Sleepwalking? Interesting bit here, panel. Like, what did you think Tai San was trying to achieve here? I love how she schooled him. <laughs> she spanked him all over that room. Hmm. <laughs> oh, she is definitely playing with the balance of power between them and exploring just how much power she has over him due to his disgusting infatuation. <laughs> <laughs> so she's got to play. She's got to play with him to figure out how much she can get away with when dealing with him, you know, how she has to tread this line with him. And um, I, I loved it. I love that moment. I, she holds nothing back. She catches him in his own lies. Oh my, she's, it's, it's brilliant for me personally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was left like speechless. <laughs> uh, you're so hot. <laughs> the the pendulum of power swooped in her favor so fast like he comes in all controlled and you know asking these questions and he's got this you know foreboding you know way about him he's trying to control this situation use it as an excuse to get close to her and she flips the script on him so fast and i love how she brazenly admitted oh yeah my husband mm -hmm. was here and you can bet I wasn't sleeping, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and she's basically saying, you guys didn't search for him. Where do you think my husband was? And I know you didn't catch him. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> he is so jealous and turned on right now. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> ovaries on this girl. It's really weird. It's, it's almost as if, you know, Tyson's done this before. <laughs> <laughs> Well, having to use your captor's um, unwanted attraction to you against them is, is a tale as old as time. Yeah. You know, prisoners, enslaved persons, um, they've all had to dabble in this. Um, uh, what do you, you know, marginalized groups, same thing. This person could use their power to force this attraction on you. And often the only way to protect yourself is to flip the script and um, use it against them instead, either to keep yourself safe, to escape, to gain favor, help others, you know. It's just lovely to watch her play him. And there's good chemistry between the two. They act very well off of each other. Mm -hmm. mm, definitely, yeah. And is it me or is she enjoying it a little bit? Oh, she definitely is. Yeah, you can tell she is. Is that? Oh, and you were outside my house. <laughs> you could just you see her beaming. <laughs> She's loving it. She's actually mm. loving it. <laughs> it's sad that this will eventually get the better of her. And yeah, she, she'll lose the, the control. Um, she becomes emotionally compromised, unfortunately. But the start is really good. I realized that her and Ellie both actually go through trauma bonding with their captors because they both actually try to do mm -hmm. the same thing, use their yeah. captors' attentions towards them as a way to defeat them and then trauma bond with their captors and it all goes haywire to shame. I, I do wonder about that at times. If 
Ellie just assumes, oh, if Tyson can do it, surely I can. I don't think Ellie would have if her sister hadn't pushed uh, yeah, her. Yeah, Alice pushed her quite yeah. a lot. Mm. Yeah. She, once again, she was also emotionally manipulated into doing her part mm-hmm. for their cause. And that's literally the only difference between her and Tyson is that Tyson knew what she was getting into from the start and chose for herself, I'm going to do this, where Ellie was not fully in control and was pushed into doing this. But it kind of ends the same way for both of them. Mm-hmm. It's what they used to call Stockholm Syndrome. Down! what are you trying to do? Give me a heart attack? Hey, everyone. What are you doing here anyway? I thought you are a pacifist these days. One last battle. For old time's sake. So yeah, panel with the upcoming event about to transpire with Dao, is, is this all a little too little too late? Or did you like that Amber finally apologised for her actions in allowing the staging of her death to go through? Did you, like, think her apology was enough? Absolutely not. But... <laughs> at least he tried. I guess that that's that's all I can feel about it. At least she made an attempt, and she didn't completely ignore it. I kind of wonder if Dal wasn't going to die if they would have had her apologize at all. That's the thing, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Can't get away with it, yeah. <laughs> you know, I. But I always like Amber and Dal together, so I'm not going to begrudge this moment between the two friends. I like their friendship. I like their chemistry. I like how easygoing they are with one another. I like how they compliment each other. Um, I get it. I, I get it. Like, okay, I understand how you guys became friends at some point. Maybe it's because Dal's so easygoing, you know, and he brings calm to Amber's life. But um, so that's fine. You know, it's a nice moment for them. I wish there had been more to her explaining why she feels that she and Bray can't get back together. Again, they miss this opportunity to explore. Like for Amber, it's just, well, I'm not mad at him anymore, but I don't know how to pick up where we left off. That seems to be the only conflict for her, not questioning herself as to why she could allow this separation to happen Mm -hmm. because she didn't trust her boyfriend. It just simplifies it too much. Like that's it. That's your only concern is you don't know how to pick up. There's nothing else, no other emotion. I was going to say that cough sums about up, sums about my opinion on that up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wasn't really too big of a fan of the scene. Was it the apology itself, or the staging you just didn't like, or uh, probably everything? Yeah, I just feel like yeah, it wouldn't have happened if uh, Dale wasn't going to die. Yeah, that's my feeling as well. <laughs> you know what the what the worst part about that is. Dell wasn't going to go with anyone until Amber asked him if he wants to go with them. Why does she want him to go with them? That's strange to me. It's never really explained. (laughs) She wants wants him to go with them. If she had not asked that, he would have happily gone on to, you know, look about growing food and everything. He would have happily stayed behind and out of this. And it wouldn't be too hard for her to have a reason. Like, even just something like, uh, you know, I could use your, your support. You always make me feel safe, Dal, or just something mm-hmm. to further emphasize why Dal's important to her in her life. So much so that he's the only person she feels bad about allowing her to think, allowing him to think she was dead. She doesn't apologize to anyone else for that. She doesn't care how it affected anybody else, but she cares how it affected Dal. 
you know? So yeah, you could just have a simple line with, I, you know, I'd like you to come with us. I just, I feel safer knowing you were with us and knowing where you are. And you just, I need to support Dal, you know, or just anything like that. And it also pushes why Dal would choose to change his mind and join them at the last minute, you know, and adds to the tragedy of his loss. And, but you're never given a reason why she feels this is necessary. And he probably would be safer back at the base. Mm -hmm. Especially since we know his, his legs don't work. Amber, you know, this, <laughs> he can't run away if there's danger. It wasn't necessary. Like, it, it just doesn't need, it just didn't need to happen. <laughs> but, um, I mean, what do you think of the whole one last fight thing by Dow as well? Is that a bit too on the nose? Like, did they, yeah. <laughs> a bit too much, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Come on, Dow. We're going to sacrifice you. You're like, yeah. Well, okay. I know what's going to happen now. <laughs> one last <laughs> fight. Come, come on. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I will say that everything Dal is doing is fine. It's great. Mm. But he's getting the walking dead treatment. Yeah. He really is. You have that tertiary character who's orbited everybody else and never been given any powerful storylines of his own until the episode they have to die. Suddenly you learn all this stuff about them, their <laughs> wants, their dreams, their needs, their backstory. So you can care when they die. And I felt like that's what they were doing to Dal. They've left him on the back burner for so long. Mm. And only now they're giving him attention. They haven't given him attention since we found the Gaians. He's just been trotting along behind everybody else, doing nothing but planting acorns, apparently. And <laughs> all of a sudden, he's getting attention in this episode. You're like, they are telegraphing this poor kid's death so hard. See, this is what is annoying. Like Knowing that this was going to happen, this was coming up. Why didn't they plant the seeds this season? Build him up more in those intervening episodes. They had the, the time and chance to do it. Because of the Bramber eBay situation. <sighs> it's so much more important, guys. <laughs> it's just so bad. <laughs> I, I did love the fact that they at least showed he still had that interest in, in growing things and wanting to, be, to, you know, help make food and everything. At least they gave him that. Yeah, I think they tried to build him up this season. Um, I think um, once they heard that that actor wasn't gonna, didn't want to do the show anymore. Uh, originally, I believe they they wanted him to stay in the mall and have that whole story arc with the rest of them, but they decided to kind of make him travel along with Bray and have the character do more. But I think just the seasons of him being in the back burner kind of just. It, it didn't make this death uh, more sad. Mm. I do wonder what would have happened if he, if they had been able to keep in him, and if he had remained at the mall. What would have happened with the whole "we're going to find Amber" storyline? Because that would have been interesting if he was still That's in the mall fool. when he when mm. he found out Amber was alive. That would have been very interesting. At least he was utilized to some extent before. He was gone. It does mm -hmm. stink that they wasted so much time on a ridiculous love quadrangle <laughs> rather than, you know, him. But I will say at least Dal gets some closure with some of his relationships. Mm -hmm. He does find his best friend. He has that calm restored to him. It seems like finding Amber helps settle Dal 
inside mm-hmm. like his spirit and find his true north and you know be able to refocus on the things that matter to him because he's so calm after finding amber it's like a retrieval of something lost especially from before the virus you know amber was that person and um i'll say that i'm glad he got that mm-hmm. uh because Dal was discarded so often and I am glad she apologized to him and it stinks that Dal didn't get more. He definitely deserved more, but I felt like of all the people they kill off, maybe there was a little more respect for Dal than other characters. Or maybe they were just trying to like go for an emotional punch and milk it. I don't know, but Or both. Mm. He got he got more than Sandra or Amber. Got, yeah. <laughs> you know, um he got more than a lot of characters do. I mean, we're going to talk about the death itself, which was a bit silly. <laughs> kind of <laughs> takes away from it a little bit, in my opinion. <laughs> and yeah, let's, let's go into that. Oh, God. Amber, did they get away? Hey, don't try to talk. I'll get the others and we'll get you fixed up. Hans. What? Oh, God, this is all my fault. Listen, look after Hans for me. No, you can do it yourself. Remember little acorns no I mean yeah uh, let's talk about the fool itself (laughs) how did you find it looking at it now I always thought it was strange the way it was set up but I think they're insinuating that Dal took it into his own hands to unalive himself um, he wasn't pushed. There's no other reason to c- climb over the railing. Hmm. It's not as if he was doing that to get away from the chosen. Uh, he, it doesn't seem like he slipped because again, why would you climb over the railing? I, I think Dal said, no, I would rather go out my way than be taken by you guys. There's obviously some hesitation in that because that's a big, quick decision he's having to make, but I think it was his choice. Okay. That's just my that's just my opinion. Hmm. They do have a thing with people falling off and falling to their dead. Yeah, I don't I don't, I don't like the death. I think when I first watched it, obviously I felt sad for Dal, but um I think you know, the relationship with him and Amber is cool, but I think it would have made more sense if Jack was there. <sighs> Oh, that would have been so sad. That would have had Sorry, I'm just imagining. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm suddenly imagining him saying his final words to Jack instead of him. And then, no, I think it it works for me because of the way Jack and Dal's relationship had gone in season two. Honestly, I'm glad it wasn't Jack. Um, I'm glad it wasn't the person who treated him like garbage for months because mm-hmm. of a girl and because of his own insecurities and threw their friendship in the trash. Because of that, I'm glad it wasn't him. I'm glad it was someone who actually loved Dal. Um, I'm glad it was someone who genuinely cared about him and knew all along that she cared about him. And even though she did something stupid, really stupid, he's the only person she seems to regret doing that stupid thing with. She doesn't even regret doing it to Bray, you know? Um, but she regrets hurting Dal. And if there's anyone that Dal would want to die in the arms on, and I think it would be Amber. Mm. I really Fair do. Enough. 
uh, someone who knew him from before. Um, it it works. It it's okay. It could have been done a little better, but okay. I think it's okay. <laughs> for Dal's sake, I'm glad it was Amber, not Amber's sake, but for his sake, I'm glad it was her of all people that he he left us with her, you know, and um I don't think there's anyone else he would have chosen for that. Uh how did she not see him? <laughs> Thank you. That staging was <laughs> such a laugh. <laughs> She runs into the alley, somehow doesn't see him, crouches behind a crate, then turns around and sees him there. How do you not see him on the floor? <laughs> His bright red Michael Jackson coat. <laughs> I, uh, I just don't know why they did it like that. But <laughs> Yeah, it's it's silly. It's totally silly. But um, the acting was really good, I think, uh, mm-hmm. between Beth and Ashworth. And- oh, yeah, I like the acting that I liked. Yeah. The way she's scrambling at his coat, you know, like that helplessness, that physical helplessness. She can't lift him. She can't pick him up. She can't diagnose what's wrong. She just knows he's in a terrible shape and he's fading. And I just think Beth did such a great job at portraying that internal panic. Yeah. Even her words to Bray when they're they're trying to get away and someone says, Dal's back there. And Bray, you know, logically says he's going to have to figure this out on his own. We can't all risk it. And she's like, I'm not leaving him behind. There's a a force behind what she's saying because she knows she already did leave him behind before. Mm-hmm. And she's resolute not to do it to him again. That and the fact that she knows what it's like to left behind. That's true, too. In all fairness, from her point of view, they left her behind on Eagle Mountain. Uh, I don't really like how the show just kills off characters just because they want to, the actors want to leave. I think they could have went about Death's departure a little bit better. At least Dell gets an actual end to his story. Yeah. And um, compared to other characters who just, it's like they never mattered. They just kind of. Yeah, but but you're right. There's finality. Yeah, there there is finality. But I agree with Carlin. He did not specifically have to die to be written out that's the thing yeah his death is pretty meaningless ultimately it has no real impact on anything um they could have written him out a hundred different ways he could have worked on the farm to provide food for them he could have done so much other else but he didn't need to die (laughs) he could have still been alive he would have been so happy living somewhere on a farm in the trees Mm, making food yeah with the guy Whatever. I get it, though. As a writer, I do understand why they made this choice. Now, I would have preferred Dal live happily somewhere. I would have preferred he'd gone and done that in season two. He deserved that. But from a writer's standpoint and what I'm trying to convey in my story, and I, I get what they were going for. They need to show that this fight is a dangerous fight. The stakes mm-hmm. are high. People are going to lose their lives fighting the chosen. Okay. And so someone has to die in this confrontation that May got them into um, to show just how dangerous it was. It also has to show the, the depth of May's betrayal mm-hmm. to these people, um, how far she's willing to go, the consequences of that. If you just killed off a random character, we wouldn't care if one of the Gaians died, someone we don't even know, even if it was pride, it wouldn't matter to us. We don't know you. 
So if you have a character who's leaving, well, this is a, an, an ending that will at least have some impact to the story at the moment. You know, they don't choose mm -hmm. to do much with it. But in the moment, this gives the story a gravitas that has been sorely missing. Personally, I get it. I Again, I would have preferred he didn't die, but I do get why they went with this way to conclude his story. No, oh, yeah, I was, I was just thinking about um, the, the characters they choose to leave ambiguous versus the ones they decided to just kill off. Um, I just, yeah, just for me, I just don't think it works here because <laughs> I just don't think they did enough to build up Dao's like, last arc. Um, it just doesn't have any impact or consequences going forward but no i do see what you mean it adds to the tragedy um there's some deaths in the show that i think really speak to the tragedy of these kids lives uh for example zoot a young man who is angry and grieving and lashing out at the world and might have had some you know issues uh mental health issues and the tragedy is that he never got a chance to grow up and become anything other than this he never got to get past this phase we never got to know if he could have been more, mm -hmm. you know, it, his life was cut short, just boom. Same thing with Ned. You may not have liked Ned, but Ned's story is very tragic at the end of the day. He was just starting to grow as a person. He is just finding a reason to try and be a better person, but because mm -hmm. he can't curb his selfish tendencies and his desire to get things done the fast and easy way, it leads to his demise. That's a tragedy, you know? Um, whereas someone like Lex, for example, who was really no better than either of those two people, he does get the chance to grow up and show mm -hmm. that he can be more, you know? And Dal is also a tragic figure. Dal deserved so much more in the grand scheme of things. And he was shunted to the side time and time again by the people who were supposed to love him. And just when he was like, you know what, I know what I want to go after, his life is cut short. That's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. It is on paper. <laughs> you list it like that, but it just the execution of it just fails it for me. <laughs> I'm trying to honor him. Lance, help me out here. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it matters if Dow got to learn his mistakes or whatever, because I think the person who did learn and who was supposed to affect was Jack. Mm. That is the one place where his death actually did have an impact. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a late payback, oh, but yeah. they do <laughs> lean into it. You know, um, yeah. the only two people who truly react to losing Dal are Amber and Jack, you know? Uh, yeah, you're right. And it does give us that lovely Jack and Trudy moment later on. I mean, this, this leads ultimately to the question, like did, they utilized Dao well over the course of his time on the show. Not as good as they could. They could have done more with it. They could have done more. They did not utilize Dao as well as they could have. I think, um, I think there's just a lot of things that change in season one. I think they were gearing up for it. But then, obviously, uh, Amber's character not being there kind of changed the course. Mm. So, yeah. It did, but there's still so many things that we saw that Dao could do and what he was great at in season one that don't even get acknowledged in season two and onwards. I mean, in the beginning, Dal was the closest thing they had to a doctor. It's never where his passion was. No, but, you know, even when Tyson got blown up, that's not who they look at. Yeah, they, they forgot his skill set. 
Now, Dal was just considered, he was just the, the group doctor because he knew how to read the, the labels of prescription pills. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much it. <laughs> he knew basic first aid. <laughs> he was pharmaceuticals. And Amber says it straight. He used to want to be a doctor, but then after watching half the world die and there's no medicine to save anyone, it really killed that passion in him. He was the reluctant group doctor, not because he wanted it. Um, it didn't bring him joy. It didn't make him happy. It was just, it was necessary to be done. But if anything, it actually hurt him because it reminded him of his parents and the loss. And, but when he just, his true passion, the one we first learned about Dal was I mm -hmm. want to go to the countryside. I want to have a cabin. I want to grow my own food. I want to live with the land. That is what we first learned about Dal. Mm -hmm. And I do think they stayed on course with Dal on that. I will miss him. I love Dal. Mm -hmm. And my favorite thing is seeing him grow from this kind of like sour-faced, distrusting, just want to go it alone. He was like a little old man in many ways in season <laughs> one. I don't really want to be bothered. I just kind of want to go my own way. But to Ashworth came into his acting so well. You know, and watching him blossom from this tiny little guy, he had his glow up, this handsome young man and finding his place within his group or even Lex likes him, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> even, even Lex likes Dal, you know, and uh, is never really cross or mean to him. You know, I, I just, I will miss you, Dal. You deserve so much more, kid. I think I just want to remember Dal, the way he looked when he and Trudy got to the nomads before we knew what would happen there. He seemed so happy and peaceful just being there around the tiny little goats and fixing up old cars and mm -hmm. getting his hands dirty. Yeah. <laughs> and him working with Jack, that was adorable at times. <laughs> I'll miss that. Oh, I think man. that's that. That's what I'm missing most after this episode, knowing that we'll never have that part again. They never get to reconcile. Jack never nope. gets to apologize to his friend. Nope. And make things right, but that's on Jack. That's not on Dal. No, no, no. I never said it was. And it's sad because you know Dal would have forgiven him. Mm -hmm. You know. You know Dal's gone. I think he'll live, live on through. Uh, the rest of the characters. Moments for Dal. I think him making a pram for Brady. Oh my gosh, mm -hmm. that was so friggin' sweet. Um, him and his parents practice, looking at that family picture, but choosing not to take it with him. That was such a good moment. Oh, it's a great mm -hmm. moment. Him slapping the crap out of Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Lives rent-free in my head. <laughs> Oh, and, and Dal not realizing that the girls have a crush on him. And then when he does, totally panicking, Alice, Alice, save me. <laughs> save me. Him just being so happy on the farm is just yeah. such a great image. Riding, riding the tractor for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> his happiness. Is like... and, and even in his last episode, the joy on his face. With the bread and, you know, when Pride tells him about powder milling stuff, it's 
You can just see it on his face. That's what he wanted to do with his life. Dal is the epitome of that friend that you, that person you've taken advantage of. You take him for granted because they were just always there. They were so solid and always there to the point that you'd often forget that they were there. And until they're gone, it's only when they're, yeah, when they're gone, you think back at all these amazing moments that you mm -hmm. had with them and what you wouldn't give to have another moment like that. But you just, you just forgot that that stuff doesn't last forever. And it's too late now. You know, all you can do is treasure those moments and never make that mistake again. Yeah, I could go for pages of great Dal moments, <laughs> character and interactions. Mm -hmm. Even the Dal and Sasha moment. <laughs> I love Dal and Sasha. <laughs> <laughs> The two of them planning their escape, discussing if they're going to be made into dinner. <laughs> Him and Alice confessing their crushes. And just the simple fact that when Bray can't even bring home a tube of toothpaste, Dal manages to get get the medicine that saves Trudy's life. Dal and Lex, you know, go, scavenging for food <sighs> and just stopping to play catch and their, their interactions. <laughs> mm -hmm. and Oh my gosh. I mean, Dal didn't really have beef with anybody. You'd have to try to have a problem with Dal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So everybody liked him. He was gracious. He was kind. He was good natured. He was true to his core. He was the ultimate Hufflepuff. He was the human Bob. <laughs> I think he went out on his own terms. To the end, he used his agency. And I gotta respect that. True. We don't ever get another more at Steph off this, do we? Like, scene. Oh, I don't think so. Pride. Just all... Oh, Pride, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Forgot about it. Because <laughs> it's so goofy and unnecessary. <laughs> I completely uh. blocked out. <laughs> but I guess it counts. He's officially yeah, a mall rat at that point, <clears throat> I guess. Ned. Ned. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm forgetting everyone. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Okay, let's say he's the last meaningful Mulrat death, maybe? So, I mean, maybe this is the last one that has any impact on me, really. Like, oh my gosh, I'm really sad that this character is gone. Like, with Pride, I was just like, oh, thank God they put this yeah. poor kid out of his misery. You know? <laughs> but, like... Oh yeah, no one else has meaning. This is like, <laughs> this is the high point. Ned, he brought it on himself. It's tragic, <laughs> but he did it to himself. And everybody else just sort of... If they, they weren't a mall rat, you know. Um, so, yeah. Like, he's definitely in the top three saddest with Sandra and Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he is. That brings Series 3 to a close. Thank you very much to the panel. And if you'd like to take part in a future episode of the podcast, please just send us a message on our Facebook page or on our website, thetribe.co.uk. So we'll see you next time for episode 12. Until then, bye. 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 Bye.